When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Lee Vowell and Todd Vandenberg. Okay, so the show is starting. I want to start with this breaking news. Um, what do you call a chicken that's looking at a head of lettuce? I don't know, Lee. What chicken sees the salad? That's our show. <laughs> Anywho, um, I'm too lazy to edit that out. So uh, you're welcome <laughs> for everyone listening. Yeah, um, so we got a whole bunch to talk about today. Uh, Seahawks finished the preseason uh, on against the Packers on Saturday. I'm going to keep saying Sunday because I'm so used to the games being on Sunday. It's like, OK, um, today is Monday in my mind, even though it's really Sunday. So. But yep. the Seahawks finished. The roster cuts have to be done by Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Oh, it's P time. I'm making P stuff time. up. P time. Somebody's got to go pee. Oh, I got to do my roster cuts. Uh, and then uh, we got a few injuries to talk about. And yeah, then yeah, yeah. Todd has an article that's coming out some, I think, in about an hour that Ooh, I really want to hit on. I think you made an excellent point on one certain player what? Yeah, on, on, on everything, but I'm yeah, shocked. one certain player. I hundred percent agree. We made the same points on the same three players, basically. Well, Cause but... all we're doing is copying and pasting and reposting the same article. People haven't figured that out yet. No, it sounds probably. like something else, but yeah, for the past nine years, basically it's just one article. <laughs> That'd be funny. That'd be yeah. awesome. All we do is like, yeah, control F Russell Wilson, delete, put in Geno Smith and we're good. to go. <laughs> Actually, with AI, we don't have to do anything. We just like feed it in. It's like, yeah, spit it out. With the eye. What is this? Some newfangled technology? I'm uh, fascinated to know if I actually made a cogent point. So I'm looking forward to hearing about that. Uh, And of course, we have uh, the Rob Gordons, which will take three hours. Yeah. Probably a a separate show. Our 753 favorite things ever about everything. That would be so good. Yeah, a lot happened in the Packers game. And, you know, we, we talk about preseason doesn't mean it. Oh, hold, hold on. Out oh, I got to interrupt you. I thought you were going to say what our Rob Gordons were. No, no. <laughs> Why should I do that? Yeah, okay. Our Rob Gordons are. Because people ten, just tune in for that, you know. Our 10, I probably do. Our 10, because we actually know what we're talking about, the Rob Gordons, because it's personal. Our 10 favorite <laughs> sports movies of all times, and we almost ran into 50 because there's lots of great sports movies. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah kind of honorable mentions. But yeah, uh, the Packers game, they lost. You sounded a little Christopher Walken there for a second. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's got to transpose the uh, more cowbell to more Bobo and have him saying that. Oh, my and God. That's it. Let's call Chris. Let's call Chris. Chris. <laughs> no. um, what I need. Yeah, more so, Bobo. Um, yeah. He actually would, sounds uh, pretty good. He would need. Yeah. Packers, they lost. Uh, basically, the Seahawks had one starter in the entire game and i don't know if this is what you're alluding to but we weren't sure which starter it was because the two guys fighting for a starting spot but uh i don't really care that the seahawks lost when they were running their twos it's the packers ones for them for a lot of the game i mean yeah you know and we lost the game because our practice squad quarterback threw a pick Mm. i'm true lock no, I'm just joking. Holton, like Ehlers. The, pl- the players that needed to step up stepped up. One player who needed to step up didn't, and he hasn't in the entire preseason, which is kind of weird, but, you know. Which player is this that you're referring to? Because um, I'm going to disagree because I'm on that roid rage. So I don't, <laughs> I, I'm already – I think you're wrong about this. Okay, 100%. I don't know what you're going to say, but it makes Jordan. for good podcasting. It was BT Jordan. We haven't talked about BT Jordan at all in the entire time. And, uh, well, we'll have a reason to talk about him when the Seahawks rack up seven sacks against the <laughs> of the Earth Rams in week one. But, yeah, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Um, By the way, there's a U.S. Open starts tomorrow in the tennis world. And there's an Aussie player uh, on the women's side named Storm Hunter. Isn't that just an awesome name? Storm Hunter. That's false. That's not a real name. Doesn't sound like it, but I'm sure it is a real name, though, because, yeah, that's a pretty cool name. Surely, so. surely Marvel will recruit her to play something <laughs> in phase five. Storm Hunter and BT Jordan. <laughs> in the know, remake I, of Blue Beetle. We, we saw, oh, Jesus. We saw some good things in uh, versus the Packers. I mean, yeah, I, mean I like again, how um, it was yeah, all backups. Started, yeah, it was all backups. And, and I'm going to have to have to I can't think of the word when I'm uh, a caveat here is that they, you know, it was the Seahawks backups, as you said, against the Packers starter for the starters for the first, what, three drives, four drives, three, almost three or four drives. Yeah. Um, played three, three series. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he was OK. But again, he's going up against back. Well, he's going up against Michael Jackson, who I saw somebody who posted while well, oh, he played OK. No, he was awful. He was awful again. Trey Brown looked better. And if the if it were me making a prediction for or if I was making the decision for who would start, I would choose Trey Brown at this point, even though based on 2022, Michael Jackson was better. But I didn't see he's like, oh, he made a tackle and he made a, a he broke up a pass. I'm like, yeah, but he got toasted on one and a, exactly. a good receiver would have. He missed. He gave up completions again. He missed a tackle earlier in the game. Um, but I, I, anyway. I know it was backups for Seahawks against, and the game changed when the Packers started putting in their backups and yeah. Drew Lock. Yeah, Drew Lock caught fire there, but Drew Lock was even with his twos, he actually looked like he could start. I mean, he's still like he did. Don't completely trust him versus Geno. I don't know some twelves are like, what are you saying? Yeah, right. But I, I would have 
a little bit of faith that Locke would come into a game and be okay. I don't think he's going to be, he's going to turn the ball over more than Geno Smith because he always does exactly. in the preseason. But I thought he held his own throwing to twos against number ones for the Packers. And then when the Packers put in their subs, Seattle took a lead because, right. again, their backups were. Because now the talent's equal and Locke stands out even more so against that. The thing I've, I've seen from Locke, at least that I've seen with my vast football knowledge, which is vast yeah, can, Well, I mean, let's, let's put this on the record. That's not true. Between us, we probably have a week of peewee football. That was your week. I, I was thinking it was your week. Well, we've had no weeks of week Pee Wee football. <laughs> um, played Sandlot football badly. Uh, but uh, I had, had an ex wife that used to call that Sandalot. And it's like, <laughs> why are you putting an E in there? Sandalot. <laughs> we have spam in Sandalot. Anyway, yeah, he still makes those throws where it's like, mm, what were you doing? Of course. We said that about Russell Wilson for the last few years, too. Again, not knocking Russ, but at the time, Russ was still one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And he would every once in a while throw a, a ball and was like, uh, what happened there? Yeah. And and we've we see too many of those from Locke. What I have seen this in these this preseason, he's making a lot more of those. Oh, let me throw this football literally through the eye of a needle. And I, I'm not saying figuratively. I am. I mean to say literally, because somehow he, he, he decreases the circumference of the football <laughs> until it will fit through a freaking eye of a needle and land in the receiver's hands. I mean, he's made a lot of throws like that. He, he would make a one or two last year. It seemed like he's making four or five of those this preseason. Yeah. And, and I'm glad he got a lot of playing time yesterday yeah. since it was, the plan was in preseason two and then he got he clearly didn't look like the knee had bothered him that occurred in preseason right. two yesterday um but still this is geno smith with I, that's the only thing i wish the seahawks had done this preseason in a way like even just for one or two drives is to have Lockett play with uh, sorry lock play with Lockett and metcalf yeah. And just see what that looks like. Just yeah, with the number series. one. Just just one series. Yeah. Just one series. Put put lock in for the entire starting unit. See what happens. That would have been nice to see. Yeah. And and hopefully, hopefully we don't see that unless the Hawks are. Well, we won't see that because if the Hawks are blowing someone out. DK and, and Tyler, they're going to be out of the game, too. That's true. Yeah. But, you know, hopefully we don't see that this season. At all. Uh, you don't see I, the Seahawks blow people out? Are you no, going on the record with this? <laughs> Hopefully we don't see uh, Locke playing with the number ones because if, because if that because happens, of an injury. Yeah. the only way that happens, right, is, is with an injury. Because if they're cruising, they're going to take out the starting unit, period. If they're, I don't see this happening at all this season, but if they're getting blown out, it'd be the same thing. So the only way Locke is going to be playing with the number ones is if Gino gets hurt or let's say Gino gets he's just gassed or something because he threw a 50 yard pass and he ran 40 yards and they had a scramble for 17 yards while through the touchdown pass and they get a turnover immediately on the kickoff. And then it's like, man, going for me for one play. OK, that that's about the only way I ever want to see Locke with the number ones. Yeah. And I but. 
I have a lot more confidence in him based on what we've seen this preseason because yeah. he's looked good with the number twos. But again, you know, like you said, it would be nice to see him with the number ones just to establish that link. Uh, right. Uh, yeah, and, and he, he, he wouldn't have any problems with it with, with Tyler because that dude is psychic. Yeah. <laughs> and in the past that he did passes, he did with Winston yesterday. We don't yeah. know if Winston's going to make the team. No. I mean, he's been around in mm-hmm. the NFL for a few years and hasn't really caught on. He he made that. The worst thing Winston, Aesop Winston Jr. did yesterday was. The punt? Yeah. Yeah. Why? I mean, I just know. let it go. He, I, I, I almost wrote about it and I thought, mm, there's I put it in my uh, winter. Yeah, okay. It's just a snippet of it. But but the the issue with, with that to me, the play was bad enough. But yeah. if you're trying to make a team and you've already been in the league since 2020 and you don't know to not do that, yeah, that's, that's a concern for me. Unless yeah. he's not returned punts at all. Oh, he has, though. But it seems like, yeah, I would think so. So that, yeah. I saw that and was like, what were you doing, dude? Yeah, at least the next one he let go by. But that was just, yeah. if you run, if you're having to run to catch the ball and right. then fair catch, it's just like, what? Inside the five. Inside your like, five. And nobody... No, no, a, a Packer was around. Yeah. It was like, just let it go. They were kind of there, but they weren't like right there. Right. But yeah, I don't understand that. I mean, not enough to where, yeah. I mean, no. If, I mean, it, I guess my point is if the ball had landed, they wouldn't have been able to touch it. Right. They weren't exactly. that close. Yeah, it would have gone in the, I, yeah, I didn't get that play at all. But at least he made some, you know, at least he didn't muff it and fumble. So it That's wasn't true. a disaster. It was a bad play. But it, was it was a D minus instead of an F. Yeah, I would say it's a D minus. I agree, but you know he made some he made some awesome catches too. So yeah, he did. And led the team you know, in catches and re- and receiving yards yesterday. Not, not not like Michael Jackson, who who you know people talk about. Oh, he made this play. He, Mike Jack. He made, he made it. Yeah, Mike Jack. I like I said, it's like I really wish this guy would because it's fun to write Mike Jack. It's fun to say Mike Jack. <laughs> Mikey J. But you know, I was like, dude, yeah. Making routine plays doesn't make up for the fact that you're playing awfully yeah. on big plays. I mean, you again, cannot and against receivers screen. that aren't proven to be very good. Yes, that's yeah, exactly. Like, dude, what are you, what are you doing? Yeah. He's getting screened off repeatedly. Yeah, like, what happened to the guy who was on the field all last year? He wasn't yeah. great, but he was good. Yeah, near the goal line, Brown. Going back to Brown, he he broke yeah. up, a, sort of broke up a pass. He was in the area, but yeah. he still read the play, um, which Jackson just seems to or it seems to be that that late 2010s, early 2020 Seahawks defense, which is let the ball get caught in front of you and then tackle him. It's like that's not where we need to be anymore. That shouldn't be the Seahawks defense this year. And it's we just need to be a lot more aggressive. It's not what he was last season. It's not what he's shown in camp. And uh, it's just bizarre what maybe he's got the going hips. on. You know, and it's like it's it's. I'm sure, I'm sure the Seahawks really would like to know what's going on, and I guarantee you, he would like to know what's going on because it's not like, oh man, we hate Mike Jackson. Like, no. dude, he played well last year. We expected him to be taking another step forward because he certainly looked like it all through camp, right? I mean, other than Mafe. Jackson was the guy who was getting the biggest buzz all through camp. And he's been awful in the preseason. It was like, yeah, last two games. Oh, what the deal is. Um, there were some injuries yesterday. Uh, Derek Hall, uh, I haven't 
seen i don't think they've run the test or anything but possible ac shoulder sprain i'm not sure how long that would uh. keep somebody else out or keep someone else out um somebody else got an ac sprain not not the ilk of hall and then of course devin bush yeah. was concussed um which is never a good thing but he might be able to come back by week one and we don't know about hall but bush at this point is that if there's anything that said oh yes jordan brooks is going to be starting week one yeah um devin bush playing so deep into that game yesterday and especially on special teams says brooks is going to be back week one because otherwise why would you do that why would you have devin bush out there and he doesn't look i mean bush looks okay but but it's much more exciting to have Jordan Brooks on the field with Bobby Wagner instead of yeah Devin Bush and Bobby do you, Wagner. Do you think if if Bush is out, do you think O'Connell makes the the cut? I I think I, I think that the running I he, the thing is you can't put any whoever makes the actually wrote a, wrote an article about this yesterday I think but whoever makes the initial fifty three man roster yeah. it's going to change because course, Jamal right. Adams could start on IR. So I think Bush makes the the initial roster, um, and then depending on if he needs, to, he might just miss a game. He's not going to miss four, I wouldn't think, with a concussion. But, but I still think that Hopefully not. I think Burke Curvin makes the team for special teams. Bush, Brooks, Wagner, and Radigan, I think, are the inside linebackers. Radigan clearly makes the team. That guy's just been yeah had twelve everywhere. tackles yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Again, not an all pro or anything, but he's no. solid. Exactly right. And and it's not like he's he's not tough or anything. He only went to army. So. <laughs> so, uh, All American at army too, by the way. I, 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 he just doesn't have he doesn't have the f- raw physical skills that Wagner Brooks does, but he plays a hundred percent. Which is one reason he went to army. Yeah, think, exactly. Yeah. And Belor is going to be. I, I don't know where he'll be listed. He might be listed as a linebacker. He normally is, but QB he's more he's special teams. Might as well. He can be anywhere. I was like, uh, we are contractually obligated to say at least three times a, uh, a season how much we love Belor. It's like that dude is awesome. Oh yeah, in every aspect, he's a special yep. teams captain. He's great in the locker room. Uh, he keeps helps keep the team loose, which you need those kind of guys. Yeah, for sure. Um, but he is a phenomenal. He is a football player, as they say. Yes. And that can be overused, but that dude is a football player. Yeah. So I, I'll be, I, we put out uh, a final roster projection this morning, actually came out, and um, being Sunday. And, you know, I, I wrote it. I'm probably wrong on not half oh, yeah. of it. That would be ridiculous. I'm, but I'm sure there's like four well, or five. I'm, I'm you have Geno Smith on. making the roster. That's idiotic to begin yeah, with. Yeah. Well, as QB2, of course, which everybody wants, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Drew Locke is clearly. QB one, um, <laughs> because as somebody pointed out on Facebook, he's white, so therefore I, he's the star. Which is, can you believe that? Can can you believe we still live in this day and age where yeah. somebody brings up race and when I, it comes I, to quarterback or with anything? I had to had to just put my hand on my forehead because when you said that, it's like I had forgotten about that guy for a moment, and now yeah, I, yeah, I remember. Um, and then he posted again. This guy's name is Rob Brees, by the way. If you run into him on Facebook, he seems to have have a few different accounts. And it's probably because he's been in Facebook jail before, I'm assuming. But then he posted something. I I just immediately hit it. It wasn't nearly as racially uh, divisive as what he said about Drew Locke. And 
It's just so. What are you seeing? No offense to Drew Locke. I hope he comes in if he has yeah, to yeah. and plays great. And he seems like a he seems like a good dude. He came back to the team knowing he was going to be QB two. Exactly. Um, people seem to like him. Yeah, yep. He's got a great arm. But there's no, all we've seen from Drew Locke is preseason games with the Seahawks. We right. have zero clue. Just like when I I put up um, the wide receiver thing with the with the trades. Mm-hmm. People are like, have you not seen Jake Bobo? I almost responded to every one of them by saying, not in the real game. <laughs> exactly. Not with other plus, number ones have, on the field. Have, plus, have they not read anything else you've written about Jake Bobo? Yeah, I know. Like People seven times, maybe. I, I do want to key in on, let's, let's look at your article about the. Let's break it. Let's just read it out loud on the podcast. The only thing that uh, I, I totally agree with what you said about Charbonnet. Um, oh, can we let's jump on that then? Because yeah, that's actually the player I was talking about that in your article. It's coming. Yeah. Up, yeah. Is that you mentioned in your article that, that Charbonnet, you have you have concerns about him because. Yesterday he was he was awful because he had to be, but I 100% agree with you that at this point it doesn't look like it's like oh we got Walker and then Charbonnet's RB two. He doesn't look. I would rather have it DJ Dallas right. be RB two. I I would too. And like I wrote us like I really hope Kenny McIntosh is healthy because I want to see what this guy can do. And again, camp. I mean we we've, we've seen camp. What you do in camp might not mean a whole lot. Talking about Mike Jack. Right. But and like you wrote, it's like, yeah, he had backup blockers in front of him. It's like, but if you're a quality starter in the NFL, which he should be, yeah. he went in the second, second round, round and, and and running backs. And if you go in the second round in the NFL now, you're a starter as a running back. You should yeah. be. And he's had one good run. In the whole preseason. Yeah. And even I, that I just, run, you're talking about the what 28 yard run or yeah, whatever yeah, he had. Exactly. Even that run, if it's, Kenny, if it's Kenneth Walker, he's that's a touchdown. Yeah, I could have picked up ten yards with that hole for God's sakes, and yeah. and I would be practically crawling because oh, I, I would have gotten one and then tripped over my own feet. But you know, I'm just I'm just really concerned. You know, it's like and they keep on talking about man, they love his they love the his energy and the way he hits, and they love the churn. It's I, but I don't see it. Yeah, I don't there was no turn yesterday, even with backups, <laughs> even even if you have backup blockers. And again, well, he might be fantastic when it gets to regular and, season. But even if you have backup blockers, is. you still move the Kenneth Walker is much smaller. He moves the pile. Now, I'm not going to bring up Marshawn Lynch because he moved piles. Right. Or yeah, Derek it, Henry moves. Piles. It's, but you, it's not you should be able to move it a yard or two or three instead of yeah. immediately gone and, and, down. And Charbonnet drops. And yeah. that's not this guy's reputation. So I don't know what's going on. And like I wrote, it's like I I will be thrilled to be wrong. And he has 70 some yards and a touchdown against the Rams. And I'm like, yes, that's awesome. That's the guy I want to see. I don't want to, you know, no one wants to see the Hawks not play well. Any member of the Hawks, you know, and it's not effort. It is not effort on these guys part. But, you know. We both said it's like it's concerning that he doesn't, as you said, he doesn't look ready to be the number one running back. He doesn't. DJ Dallas clearly should be ahead of him. There's there's no way DJ Dallas isn't ahead of him on the on the roster. Yeah, but you put in Dallas yesterday again, still with the maybe you're going against backups at that point. But he was he clearly knew the offense and the design of the block blocking scheme because he had 40 broke off two. 
yeah, two straight plays that were like, okay, this is oh, this is what a running game looks like. Yeah, uh, and and that's that's concerning. I mean, and again, hopefully it's just he's getting he's getting acclimated, and, and rookie running backs rarely like bust out in their big like right as it hits, but hopefully he gets it together. So, right. Yeah, but, that, uh, yeah. that was a concern. Uh, I like that uh, wide receivers. I I like that you put Esop and like you wrote. It's like who knows what's going to happen with with the, the fifth receiver or maybe if they even go with six. Uh, yeah, Bobo's like you said. He might might set up a small revolt in Seattle if he doesn't make the roster. <laughs> like he has to make, and especially we don't know oh, what yeah. JSN is. He might miss the game one. It's like. He might miss, we don't know, two or yeah, three games. Yeah, he might miss two or three games. It's like, Bobo's your number three receiver, clearly. Which is still worrisome, not because of Bobo, is, but because he's not the slot guy. And we don't know. <clears throat> right. And the and, speed of the game picks up a lot when you put in those. Right, like you said, one you have not seen him in the in regular season. And that's a completely different animal. Right. But, like, no one else has shown anything remotely what he's done of the potential number three or four, right? So Bobo, Bobo would, would take that spot. And I like what Aesop has done. It's like, like we said, like mm, that was kind of a big gear, <clears throat> a, a D minus, like you said, on the punt return. But this guy's making big plays in, in every game. And yes, it's preseason. And yes, it's against, you know, the second teamers or whatever. But who else would you put there instead? No one else has really shown much. I know. That's, Not that's a scary thing, though, right? <laughs> yeah, which goes back to your point. It's like, wouldn't be a bad idea for the Hawks to pick up another receiver. And, you know, we think about it. Well, it's a position. It's not a position of strength. Not really. No, it, it's a very, the, the, very the thin position. Awesome. But after that. Yeah. yeah and Bob's again, that, that's, and that's I think assuming will be great. Jackson Smith and Jigba is. <laughs> I think he'll be great. But it's again, as you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You pointed out about Charbonnet's rookie season being a running back. We can't assume Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to be fantastic. And we can assume Metcalf and Lockett are going to be Metcalf and Lockett. But then you get a bunch of rookies. And, and exactly. on that on that list I put out of trades, it wasn't like I was saying, oh, I should trade for some number one. From I wasn't saying that at all. All right. those guys that I put on the list, except for Michael Pittman, who still probably isn't a wide receiver one. No. Um, all those guys I put on the list are like, wide receiver threes because you got to have depth 
you can't. Okay, great. We're, we're set at, uh, let's say we're set through four with Bobo being wide receiver four once Smith and Jigba comes back. Right. That's still not enough. No. Not One of those or two of those guys are probably going to get hurt at some point. Exactly. Yeah, there's the top three once JSN is back and maybe even with Bobo, you know, JSN, that dude, right. We don't know. We don't know until the regular season starts. But if any rookie is a lock, it's this dude, right? Yeah. But after that, it's really, really thin. And it's just like when I wrote about those, oh, we need another nose tackle. Not to start, but you need depth. <laughs> right. Yeah, we and and they and that guy yesterday, um, Gotell. Yeah, he he was a big big man in there. I mean, he yeah, it might be worth. I, did I have him on the roster? I think I did, just because of the depth that they need at nose guard. I mean, at least he can eat up blocks. Right. I mean, three hundred forty uh, pounds. Yep. You do have him as the the seventh defensive lineman. Yeah. And originally, right. I was I mean, going to have six. I went with seven because I was like, well. Yeah. <laughs> and I still I think. Know. I still think Ed Edwards is going to be on the bench after the bye week. Because, I mean, what has he ever, um, you know. He's yeah, like no, he's bounced top. around a bunch. Or, I, I agree. And, I'm just not sure top. who the guy would be that would take right. his place. Well, I, I think it's going to be Morris. But, I mean, but again, he's a rookie. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. But, I mean, and the Seahawks have a, have a way of taking talent that would, had kind of bounced around. And then all of a sudden they get to the Hawks and it's like they just had to be in the right system. And not that the Seahawks are like the end all be all of the best system. Because sometimes players just have to be in the right system for them. 100%. Yeah. And yeah, I think every player will say that. Sometimes it's sure. just like you end up, oh, this this was a better fit than some other system I was in. I mean, that happens all the time. Everywhere. Yeah. Uh, maybe well, Jamal I'm, Adams will be the starting defensive end in week seven. <laughs> well, I mean, like a Puna Ford. I mean, within the Seahawks, but we changed systems, and he went from a really good player to like, eh, he's okay, but we don't really need to keep him because the yeah. system changed. Right. Anyway, yeah. Uh, edge rushers. Uh, I think I only kept. F I didn't have Levi Bell on that last one, did I? I just didn't think no. he did enough yesterday. Yeah, he he just kind of disappeared yesterday. I mean, I just looked more like what you would expect, you know, from an undrafted free agent who barely got picked up. <clears throat> um, I, he'll make the, the he's got to make the practice squad. I would hope and, so. Yeah. And, uh, and, and really sorry to interrupt you, but yeah. the way rosters are, are constructed now is that it's not yeah. really 53. It's really almost 70 because yeah. the guys on the practice squad can move up yep. with each week. They can move. They can only move up so many times, but, Right. They can move up and then, oh, okay, because somebody's going to get hurt. So you move a guy with it's like almost a triple A system at this point, right? right? So you move them up to take the place of an injured player and then they see what they can do for four games or whatever. And then you yeah. can always move them down or, or whatever happens. But it, it, when we, you know, 53 man, really even 53 man isn't 53 man, it's really what, 46. Um, right. Because seven of those guys are going to be inactive on game days, and I don't know how the new the QB3 rule works. But say Levi Bell makes the practice squad, yeah. he's probably still going to get some playing time because of injuries throughout oh, the season. So. Especially at that position. So. Yeah. Uh, inside linebackers, we've already talked uh, about that quite a bit, and he's like, 
I don't know about that Wagner guy. I mean, he's new to the team, so that's kind of iffy. And he hasn't played at all in preseason, so that shows you the team doesn't believe in him. True. (laughs) Just like that Nusu guy. It's like, why is he even on the – we should go ahead and release him now. Totally. Corners, yeah. I mean, Artie Burns has has played well enough to stick. And and obviously, we both have talked about Jackson has had his issues, clearly, right? But it's not about making the team. There's no so doubt. I've seen that on Facebook, though. Also, oh, maybe he won't make the team. <clears throat> he's making the team, people. Good grief. It's just about the only way he whether he starts team, or not. The only way he doesn't make the team is if K.J. Wright is right and the Seahawks trade him. Right. They can't trade him now because he's looked terrible in the preseason. Right. They, they, they've trade him now. It looks like, oh, this guy is not who we thought he was. We need to get rid of him. And they're not going to get anything from him. What are they going to get for him now after the preseason he's had? Like, I don't really know what you would have gotten for him before, to be honest. But. <clears throat> well, you wouldn't get much, that's for sure. But you're not going to get anything from him now. You can't trade him now. Yeah. So hopefully he kicks back in and, and he uh, gets his game back together. That would be awesome. Uh, yeah. But, you know, Trey Brown missed like virtually an entire year with a knee injury. And he's just now getting back to where he was because he was – Mike Jackson was good last year. Trey Brown was better. In his rookie season. Yeah. And, and the limited he, games he's he had. Around, he's back in that groove again. And uh, that can only be a good thing. And yeah. I, I think Jackson will be okay. I don't know what the heck's going on, but I can't believe that he just, he's lost it. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, I, I, the biggest question to me is uh, Witherspoon. And if he comes yeah. back this week and he plays and he's healthy enough to play week one, right? how much, because there's, Having three cornerbacks on the field doesn't happen all the time. It happens a lot of the time. It doesn't happen all the time, right? Right, right. So if they just go where they're like, uh, you know, a basic three, four, four, then that's just leaving two cornerbacks on the field, which yeah. do you just drop back Witherspoon back into being an outside I corner do. at that point? I mean, that, and then Jackson and Brown aren't even part of the equation right. in that situation. Yeah, I I would. I mean, Hopefully, I mean, if he's healthy and he's just missed so many reps, you know. Yes, yes. I mean, if you're going to go, well, week one, who do you have? I haven't really practiced very much. I'm a rookie. Oh, Cooper Cup. Yeah, that's an easy one. It's like the like <laughs> worst possible yeah, situation. We, maybe he's only in the slot. Maybe he's yeah. only in the slot receiver. That's why. Well, I think that's why they should have Kobe Bryant start in the slot week one. I just think Witherspoon, yeah. no offense, I'm not saying anything about his talent. He might be all pro one day, but he just hasn't had that many reps. And then you're, you're asking him to go from zero to 60, like, yeah. boom, immediately. If you yeah. started off against many other teams, it's like, okay, but Cooper Cup is going to eat him alive if he's not ready to play. And, and that's Agreed. that's how the Rams can win the game. Yep, agreed. Uh, safeties, yep. Uh, it's nice to see Jamal Adams on a list. It's like, like yeah. He said, yeah, he's not going to be – he's not going to play against the Rams. We know that, right? I think he'll miss the first four. I think, I think, yeah. like I mentioned, I think what what will happen right. is he'll make the initial fifty three man roster, and then he'll then he'll get moved to IR because if they move him to IR now, he has to miss the whole season. If they right. wait until after the the roster is announced, then if he can play someone on, on IR and he misses just four games, yeah. so I, I think that that makes sense, right? Because they still want to ease sure. him back. I mean, he's not going to be ready anytime soon. He's not Jordan Brooks, Superman, obviously. But, you know, it's yeah. missing the first four games and then you, you bring them back. And then I, there's going to be a lot of changes, I think, right after they announce the roster oh, yeah. and then a month Literally. into the season. Exactly what you said. 
that is exactly what's going to happen. I mean, you know, and we see that every year that there's lots of changes, but especially this season with all the odd injuries that they've had. Yeah, I think that's going to be the case. The, the yeah. good news is, uh, and I don't want to say there's not they don't have any tough games in the first four because there are no easy games in the NFL unless you're playing True. the Browns. But, I mean, how many people thought that Broncos were going to lose to the Seahawks in week one last year? Yeah, the the Rams. Oh, I'm sorry, be, sorry to interrupt you, but the Broncos, oh my gosh, they're just Judy out now. It's like, whew. Yeah, that's a that's a, going to be a fun team to follow. And, and our friends at Predominantly Orange fan side is Broncos side. Wrote, did you see that article they wrote about? Yeah, I guess no. the Broncos got Drew Locke wrong. Oh, oh, <laughs> Basically, they should have kept him. Wow. That's, that was this uh, week. Well, I think that's accurate, but it's got to hurt for a Broncos fan to write that. Uh, the, the Rams, I think, will be better than a lot of people are, are saying. And the Rams are always tough. I mean, Division games are always tough, period. I mean, we know how awful the yeah. Cardinals are. The Cardinals always play the Seahawks tough. So Cardinals Rams are going to be tough. Lions are on the rise. Up. Panthers, who knows what the hell you're going to get with the Panthers. Yeah, but the Giants are good. So, you know, those none of those are easy games. But I would much rather that we miss Adams for these four games than later in the season, you know, when we're hitting that murderer's row. Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah. That's I think starting good. the season two and two would be I'd be OK with that. I mean, obviously, I want them to go four and oh, but I think they can lose to the Lions and they can lose to um, I mean, they could lose. They can start off one and three. They have to win week one. Um, yeah. And the Rams, the well coached, like you said, they're better than their defense is going to be there. They just besides Donald, it's just a bunch of question right. marks. So you have to be able to take advantage of that and then keep right. them in check enough offensively because their offensive line has been reward. I mean. Seattle's better on paper than the Rams, right? Oh, Just yeah, like they were sure. last year. I mean, they better. had all those injuries last year, and they're, they're actually worse this year. I think Seattle's better on paper than all four of those teams, I, and they should go four and zero. Oh, but I think they'll, I, I think three and one. I don't know if they'll lose to the Lions or the Giants, but I think they'll lose to one of those two. But you know, that that tough stretch into November, they're playing the Niners, the Cowboys, the Niners again, the Eagles. I mean, yike. Yeah, I, easy. Much, I mean, so it gets easier is what you're saying. <laughs> I would much if we're going to miss Jamal Adams for four games, uh, let's miss him now rather than. Yeah, I mean, I do not want to face that 49ers team with Trey Lance at quarterback. I mean, <laughs> by the way, fantastic article uh, that you have. I actually moved it to the prime <laughs> slot of 9 a.m. Eastern time tomorrow, Monday morning. So the 6 a.m. You know, uh, Pacific I, time. both of us get have we been so. You get so sick of, oh, Jamal Adams' trade is terrible. It's like, okay, a- as we've said, you can't you can't evaluate the trade until – you can talk about it, but you can't evaluate it and say, oh, this is how it is, until the guy's career is done. No, it's the worst trade ever, period, okay. NFL history. What do you Not even say Seahawks. if he comes back, you know, and he's the comeback player of the year, and the Seahawks get to the Super Bowl, largely because he's balling out in the playoffs. What are you going to say then, stupid? Like, oh, I was right. Like there was a t- no, it wasn't. He'll probably just have a couple of sacks like he did in this first year. <laughs> even right now, even right now, like I said, you look at what the Jets wound up with. You look at what we wound up with, and don't forget, we've got Kobe Bryant that was part of that trade. You gonna tell me that the basketball player? That yeah, kind of huh. kind of solid pick, right? You know, you can't tell me that that oh, we got annihilated in that trade. 
Like, I hardly do. Yeah, yeah. And that's nine and a half sacks. considering where we are right now. Yeah. Yeah. Not even talking about what he's going to do this season. But, dude, Trey Lance, three first round picks and a third, and they wind up sending him away after two years for a fourth. And I'm shocked they got a fourth for him. Oh, well, that and what a fiasco on both sides. Like, what was Dak Prescott thinking? (laughs) Yeah. Like, um, okay. Um, but yeah, the 49ers just misused Trey Lance. I mean, he might not, they took a, a huge chance on, and it was, a, even when he was taken in the draft third overall, people were saying, oh, you know, it's, it's, you really don't know what you're going to get, but he's got all the raw skills. And then they misused his raw skills. Yep. Well, let's make him a uh, Lamar Jackson when he's n- clearly not Lamar Jackson or shouldn't be. No. He's more, they could be more Steve Young. Like, okay, the guy can move if he has to and run, but he's really, you know, a, a quarterback. A and and how quarterback. many, how many quarterbacks should be Lamar Jackson? One Lamar Jackson. Well, and maybe Justin Fields. That's it. Yeah. But Fields is, I, I, yeah, then, I, I get what you're saying, but Fields needs to be able to, yeah, he needs to be more of a drop back. He can run, obviously. I mean, last year was just ridiculous yeah. because he had to. He didn't have right. any receivers, but he really needs to be. Jackson's just kind of his own thing. Like he is, he is. It's like a reason they didn't win any games after. He and, and, yeah, and they every, went. You know, they haven't lost a preseason game since 2015. That's uh, the Ravens. Odd. That's odd. They lost this year, and it was like you're talking about. Oh, it's the end of a streak, and it's like who cares? Like, exactly. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's why you're not as exactly. good as you used to be in the regular season. Cause you're not evaluating your talent correctly in the preseason. And that's the whole, yes, a hundred percent because that's people talk is for. Oh, yeah. Overreacting what to what they've seen from the Seahawks in, in preseason camp. And like I saw one post where it's like, Oh, at least it's just a preseason. I'm like, it means Dude, nothing. It means, it means nothing. literally nothing. If they had lost 57 to nothing, but they saw what they needed to see from those players. That's yep. what they needed to do. Yep. Why people pay any attention to the score in preseason? Yeah. You know, uh, it's nice to win, win, but who cares? I, I yeah. I, it's not even nice to win in the preseason. I don't care. Yeah. Who, who knows? I mean, it, it's just ridiculous. I mean, again, kind of when the Ravens haven't lost a preseason game since 2015, and how many Super Bowls? How many Super Bowls have they been to since then? It literally means nothing. It's, it's, um, it's insane. So we've we've talked almost 40 minutes of Seahawks, which is a new thing. And we have to get to our Rob Gordons, which are going to take six hours. But I, I want to throw in that uh, U.S. Open does begin tomorrow for Ooh. all you tennis fans. Um, Djokovic has a night game to start day one. Uh, Otani, of course, tore his UCL again. Um, so you saw that, right? Yeah. This happened this week. He also hit. He's still playing, but he can't pitch. So. Somebody was like, yep, he just lost $150 million, which he did, unfortunately, because yeah. you don't know. And then have you have you heard of this Oliver Anthony guy? The guy wrote Richmond, North of Richmond. It's like no. a thing, a big thing. It's actually the number one song, I think, on Billboard. But you have to listen. It's just him with his guitar. It's more a, a viral thing. He doesn't have a record contract. But if you listen, if you read the lyrics. He's just a dude. Well, it's, he's a country singer, and if you read the lyrics, he... Well, that's why I haven't heard about him. <laughs> well, it's... Anyway, yes, go continue. If, Sorry. <laughs> if you read the lyrics, I mean, he definitely says things that are anti-welfare to, to some degree. Oh, okay. But he also says... It's a very complicated song, and it comes across 
Whereas if you're a conservative, you really like the guy. And if you're a liberal, you don't like the song. Mm-hmm. But I think it's almost a knee-jerk reaction on both sides. Mm-hmm. And the song actually got brought up during the Republican uh, debate. Jesus. Candidate debate. Um, and let's see. Uh, I'm looking at The Guardian, which is another UK thing. Yeah. Um, they, they talked about... Um, yeah, I'm looking at that article right now. Yeah, and it says... Um, Republicans for... Yeah, and it's, uh, Oliver says it, it was funny. And now, he came out after the song. He was like, I'm not left or right. I'm just... Mm-hmm. Um, and it says, it was funny singing my song at the presidential debate because I wrote that song about those people. You know, so for them to have to sit there and listen to that, mm-hmm. that cracks me up. It was funny kind of seeing the response to it. And he does talk about how... But it's like, if you listen to the song, it really... You could take it so many different ways. Like, yeah. it almost sounds like if you were a communist, you'd be like, this guy's a communist. Because there's so many things he's he's not. I'm not saying that. But there's so many things in the song where it's like, okay, well, uh, Karl Marx would agree with that and that and that. But it's it's just weird. It's so middle of the road, but it's sung with so much conviction. I'm not saying I'm a big fan of the song because yeah. it's still a country song. But it, it's sung with so much conviction that it, he truly believes in what he's saying. But it's like you just don't get those kind of songs anymore you, where it's like you have to be one side or the other, you know. And this guy, if he says he's middle of the road and that song is what he had, that literally is middle of the road with with opinions, which is. Yeah, and, and, and that's a big issue with the discourse and has been for like, God, what, how many decades getting now? And it's getting worse and worse all the time. It's like. There's only two. There are only two opinions. There can be nothing in the middle. There's no nuance. It's right and wrong. It's like, yeah, and it's just so. <laughs> yeah. So uh, and and, and uh, okay, so how did Republicans? Here's a line. I've been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours for bullshit pay. How exactly do the Republicans think that that song supports? Them? Because they think it's they get the whole thing that it's like it's anti big government, but just like you, that is. Upton Sinclair could have written that line. I think Upton Sinclair did. I think this guy's mythanized it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's. I it's people have this this immediate oh one thing that's it's, it's a very minor thing but I'm going to spend two minutes talking about it the knee jerk thing it was like oh the Trump mugshot. And, and this this meme started, it's the Kubrick stare. And it's like, oh, because Kubrick invented this technique. It's like, this is from silent films. And it's probably from Cro-Magnon days, 20,000 years ago. It's like, <laughs> you know, you tilt your head down. You know, it, it brings your forehead forward and makes your mouth smaller. It makes you appear more intimidating. Now, in Trump's case, he clearly is trying to be intimidating, which makes him comical because he's so not intimidating. He's this... Yeah. And the person who took the photo is clearly a conservative. Yeah. He's such a schmuck. He's such a schlub. The the six foot three, two hundred and fifteen pounds, two hundred fifteen Greek god. I love the <laughs> the memes. I do love are pictures of athletes who are six foot three, two hundred and fifteen pounds, like Hendon Hooker. Uh, hmm. Which one of these looks like they're six foot three and two hundred and fifteen pounds? <laughs> it's not the guy with six spare tires with a big white fat ass in his white shorts on the golf course who by the way won his golf championship by shooting to 67 but somehow he's not on the pga tour right uh and even posted a link to the guy who can verify the scorecard is like 
Right. Oh my gosh. Every, because everybody does that. <laughs> what a piece of crap liar. As if that was his greatest crime. But you know, this whole thing is like, oh, it's, it's not the Kubrick stare. You know, he used it in some movies, but I, I don't know. Look back in the 1920s, you can see Lon Chaney Jr. doing it. You see Lon Conrad Vate doing it in the the Man Who Laughed. Uh, it, you, Dr. Vimus the Gambler. Tons of silent films. You'll see that same player. Yeah. Like Kubrick didn't invent it, stupid. Well, oh my gosh, how many times did Charlie Chaplin have his truth. antagonist use that same? I mean, that's how you knew a Chaplin antagonist. But and and that's what pisses me off is just people do they see one thing and they latch on to it and they don't take a frickin' second to do any independent thought and look no. into it. Well, and, he's... and this means nothing. This means nothing. But they, they do the same thing when they go to the polls and vote. That's the problem. Yeah. Yes, because that's we've just changed. Well, no, you're not in the United States anymore. But the United States has just changed so much. Yeah. Since he became, he, things have been normalized. They I'm should have never be been citizen. normalized. Well, I'm going to be a citizen forever because I'm not going to give up my citizenship. So I still vote. Because uh, uh, I want to have an impact on the disc on the future <laughs> of the country. Anyway, uh, we should have. Hopefully, a, it's a, Canada. <laughs> an impact on the future of the Rob Gordons. And again, it is our 10 favorite sports movies. We have a lot. Yeah, uh, we've got just honorable like mentions. 15 minutes. Um, I'll go with my honorable mentions and then you go with your honorable mentions and then we'll start going in the top 10. How does that sound? Go. And these honorable mentions could have ended up in the top 10 at some other yeah. point. I just, um, Rudy, I, okay. <laughs> I said that we've got 15 minutes and it's like, Rudy, this is an honorable mention, but I got a story for it. So um, the movie came out in 1993. I think in 1994, Bastard. there was a Notre Dame booster club meeting uh, that in the city. Uh, oh, I close know the story. Some, yeah. Story. And Daniel J. Rudinger, because Rudy is, yeah. his last name is Rudinger, was there. And when I went to see the film, it was when films were, and the film broke twice. And it broke, the first time it broke right when the explosion happened in the factory. And <laughs> then it went off. Was it, the, was it at the Grove? This was at the Grove, right? This is at the Grove. I think it was actually at Tri-County. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but the the, <laughs> the film broke. And the girl I was with, I turned to her and I was like, is that the movie? It seems kind of, you know, I was joking. <laughs> but, uh, of course, when we went to this booster club thing in Rudiger, I, I, you know, I wasn't a huge Notre Dame fan, nor was I a big Rudy fan or whatever. But the guy, the friend I was with at the time, uh, Donald Trump was a huge no, this guy's <laughs> name was Mike, but um, he was a huge Notre Dame fan and really loved the movie and stuff. And we'd had a few drinks and I was like, well, I don't know what to say to the guy because he was going around shaking people's hands. He's he is very short, by the way. Rudinger is um, so that that's part of the movie is very true. But anyway, he's going around shaking hands. I'm like, I don't know what to say to the guy. I, and I've had a few drinks. <laughs> so he's like, hey, nice. <laughs> Excuse me. He's like, nice to meet you. And I was like, yeah, man, it's, when I saw the movie, first time I saw the film, it broke. And I was like, is that the movie? And he was just like, oh, thanks for coming. And I was like, hey. <laughs> anyway. um, a brilliant comment to, to a semi-celebrity. Hey, yeah, I saw the movie like, and it broke. This movie's like, not uplifting at all. The guy dies. <laughs> um, uh, so my other ones are Tin Cup. No, I got a story for that. No, I'm just kidding. So it's Tin <laughs> Cup, Caddyshack, Moneyball, Miracle, Raging Bull, and Hoop Dreams. Okay. That's my honorable mentions. I have my I have ten honorable mentions because, like we said, we could have done fifty films and all of them would have been awesome films. I have Breaking Away, The Bad News Bears, Million Dollar Baby, The Wrestler, Miracle, 
A League of Their Own, 42, The Hustler, Raging Bull, and Caddyshack. And, and I think, I have to say, I think the only reason both of us put Caddyshack in the honorable mentions is it's because more of a comedy than a sports movie, but exactly. it's a sports movie. It is, yeah. Anyway. And I don't have any, like, uh, Borg versus M- McEnroe kind of, I mean, that, that's, these are all, you know, basic fiction films, you know, they're not documentaries, I guess. Um, you may have some, but I don't have any. And that, that's I have one documentary. Okay, so number ten for me, and we're not going to go into depth on this because, no. but number ten for me is is Slapshot, which is you know arguably the greatest hockey movie and referenced by hockey players, probably more than any other movie. But Slapshot, have you seen it yet? Now you're a Canadian, you must see this film immediately if you oh, haven't. They play it at the border. Yeah. <laughs> <That's right>. um, <laughs> have you seen this? I'm sorry, you're gonna have to turn around and go back. So. Get out of here. Uh, my, boy, this is really hard to put in any kind of order. Uh, I'm just going to go with The Longest Yard. And, of course, it's the real version, not the stupid-ass version, with Santa, Adam Sandler. I'm talking about the one with Burt Reynolds. Uh, classic film, The Longest Yard. And it has a lot of actual NFL football players in it, like Ray Nitschke. It does. Um, yeah. Nine. Um, I didn't know played football, too. Um, <laughs> that was... Anyway, uh, number uh, number nine for me Nietzsche. is Nietzsche. Okay. Yeah. Right. 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 Um, that's why. That's why I, I paused and I was like, "That's kind of a stupid joke." Um, people are like, <laughs> "All these Nietzsche fans are well, what? At least he doesn't say Kierkegaard." Um, number nine for me is Eight Men Out. Um, I don't know if you have this on your list, but just Eight, Eight Men Out. Eight Men Out is on my list too. Um, it's just uh, it's a. F- fantastic film baseball film i love the actors that they got to play each role there's no like oh we've got you know johnny depp and pirates of the caribbean and each one is fantastic in what they do even db sweeney's really good in it but um yeah db sweeney has true show uh my number eight is number eight yeah uh no, Moneyball. Nine. Nine. nine my number nine is Moneyball. Okay. uh fantastic behind the scenes look at the business of baseball but that's as much about the sport as anything else Sorry, the baseball known Brad Pitt. Yeah, the little known Brad Pitt and the even lesser lesser known Chris Pratt. Yep, and Jonah Hill's in it, right? Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill yeah. won the best supporting thing. Did he really? I, I don't think I would realize that. I, oh, he's nominated for sure. I don't remember now if he won or not, and I don't really care. But he's very good in the in the film. Uh, he is. Uh, and uh, number eight uh, is for me is Bend It Like Beckham, which again, if you haven't seen it, yeah, uh, yeah. Kira Knightley is fantastic. Really, the the actress that plays the main. It's I really like the family dynamic, and then just it's it's just a fun film. It's really really well made, and I think people who are devotees of real football probably do not find too much wrong with the film either. It's well done. True that. True that. And by football, you mean the beautiful game. Uh, my number eight is Hoop Dreams. That is my documentary, and of course, it follows two high school. Uh, basketball players for god i think it follows me for like three years it's a fascinating yeah. fascinating film it's uh, number one on a lot of lists i looked at yeah for uh, best it sports and, and it's a great film for good reason i mean yeah came out in 1894 they were just starting to make films yeah um Before Nate it Smith was used to be a, nailed up a the, the, the peach thing basketball. double feature with hoop dreams and birth of a country birth of a nation <laughs> um the basketball players were white in that film. You're crazy. Uh, number seven for me is a film that's just kind of a fluff film, but I really like Paul Bettany and Kirsten Dunst in it, which is Wimbledon. Snuff film, you said? 
snuff film. Oh. Yeah, Bettany kills her at the end. It's very violent. It's, that's, um, very, that's very. Oh sad. no, sorry. That's that's the Woody Allen film. No, uh, Wimbledon is um, which very is good a film. fine film too. But yeah, Wimbledon. It's just a romantic comedy. It's it's very fluffy, but it's it's worth watching. I, I it's one of the films for some reason I just watch over and over again. But it's it's really good. It is really good. Uh, I don't even know what number we're on, but I'm gonna go with uh, Rocky. Six. Okay, we are number six. Okay, good, because I thought I'd miss something. Um, oh, no, no, I'm one. sorry. Sorry, seven, 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 seven. Whatever. Okay, I've got Moneyball, Eight Men Out, Hoop Dreams, and The Longest Yard. So okay. And, anyway, uh, <laughs> I don't know how I got there. But anyway, uh, Rocky, as in yeah. the first one. And, you know, Rocky Two, Rocky Three is is good. Rocky Four, mm, it's got Drago. Five is, is terrible. Yeah, four is just... Six is... Mm, but then Creed launched and kind of revived the whole thing. But, I almost had Creed on here. Yeah, um, I, I, Creed was was a close one for me. But Rocky is just, I, I love Rocky because it's it kind of functions as Stallone's story. You know, the whole thing with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wrote this awesome screenplay, but I go to store in it and studio after studio turned him down. <laughs> he was offered millions and he took 100,000 for the screenplay, but so he could star in it. And, and he made a good choice. Yeah. And that was number six for you. I think it's number I six for me too, actually. Oh, Rocky. there we go. Um, yeah, because I, it's and it's not even a play on boxing films. It turned out to be that yeah. whole franchise, but it was really about him. It was a parable of him trying to come up as an actor, basically. Yeah. Um, yep. So that's uh, yeah. So I guess do your number five. Uh, I guess we're doing my number five. Uh, my number five is another boxing film. It's Requiem for a Heavyweight, but I prefer the teleplay. With Jack Plants, which you can find streaming. Uh, the film version was with Anthony Quinn and had a great cast. I just like Jack Plants. To me, he's more believable as a boxer because he actually had boxed and uh, as opposed to Anthony Quinn. He just looks more believable. The, the ending is more tragic in the film version. The ending of the teleplay is a little more hopeful, so I really like the ending better in the film version. But uh, the teleplay, it, it's got Keenan Wynn and Ed Wynn playing the two roles of the cut man and the, and the <clears throat> corrupt manager. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful film. It's terrible. And, it should have stayed as a Twilight Zone episode. <laughs> and launched Rod Serling because won a won an Emmy for it. And actually, I think it was one of the first uh, uh, television program to win a Peabody. Good that stuff. little dog? Yes, yes. Sherman, Sherman didn't come on until later. <laughs> um. <laughs> Number number five for me. The Shermans are always better anyway. The musical talent is amazing. Number five for me is one you already mentioned, Breaking Away. Richard. Um, yeah. Just a fantastic film. I mean, I'm I'm not a cyclist or anything, but just the it's got a little bit of uh, Stand By Me ishness mm-hmm. yeah. to it. Um, but I just I love the scene where he's like he's behind the truck and the truck is just like telling him how fast he's going. Yeah. It's a fantastic film. It is. It truly is. Uh, I really struggled whether that was going to be on a mention or on my list, so I kept on going back and forth. Uh, I'm up to number four, I think. Four, uh, yeah. Yay! Okay. Uh, my number four is Bull Durham. Uh, <laughs> That's my number four as well. There we go. Uh, tell us why Bull Durham is so great. No, you, you do it. You, I feel like I'm not doing justice to these films, and you're doing well, a much better job fleshing hey, them out. No. Uh, it's a fantastic baseball film, and it focuses on the minor leagues, which is Oh, wait, great. yours is a baseball film? 
Oh, Maybe. I was thinking of a different one. Yeah, oh, you're thinking of the tobacco film. Yeah, the, the Informer. Um, yeah, the one that uh, that uh, was it was called the Straight Story for a while. And... <laughs> Full Full Dorm is is a romantic comedy, and it's uh, the the tale of life in the minor leagues. And uh, I still think I still think that this is uh, Kevin Costner's best role. Susan Sarandon is like. In, impressively uh sultry and it and and, and, it's, and, it's and totally sorry to interrupt you she to me she's she's not overly attractive anyway but she <coughs> but that proves i mean she's not unattractive i'm not saying that but in this role as you pointed out she's supposed to be sultry she she acts it perfectly because that's she does, she does the role perfectly she does and it's such a i mean it's just a great great baseball comedy and it's a romance and it's a great baseball written film. by someone who played minor league baseball as and you can tell yeah exactly you, you can tell it's such a great film uh I, we're up to number four uh yeah oh I, that that was number four yeah i mean we're up to number three yeah okay. uh oh and so i want to interrupt you one more time or six more times I um <laughs> when we when we were texting about this you were like uh oh, not counting baseball films and i was like no let's count baseball films as two i just want to point out wrong how wrong you are because of my top five, and you thought they'd all be baseball films, only three are baseball films. <laughs> yeah, because of my top four, three are baseball films. Um, my number, oh, yeah, of, my, of my top four, yeah, three. Not yeah, five. Um, and, I mean, number three is Field of Dreams, and it can it could be it could switch so easily. Uh, Field of Dreams is the again a great baseball film. The father son dynamic, uh, the speeches by oh gosh, yes. people people who aren't baseball players when they make the speeches let's put it that way oh my god i mean if you it, didn't have a good relationship with your dad probably don't watch it um <laughs> it's, yeah. it's number number two for me by the way yeah field of dreams is absolutely beautiful another kevin coster film and a very different character from what he plays in bull durham some people yeah. say coster doesn't have range it's like well, he's got enough yeah, range he does. He does. to have two it's very enough. different characters so and it's he's got. I mean, he's fantastic in that western he made with Duvall. I mean, he's got he's got range. That's um, a open range. Yeah, open range. Well done. Uh, but the, uh, if nothing else, uh, Burt Lancaster. Uh, to have Burt Lancaster in a film and to deliver that speech, his whole performance, but that speech is. Like, and he acted the young guy and the old guy. I didn't know that until. Amazing. Frank Whaley uh, was like, "That wasn't me." <laughs> i'm glad you said his name i couldn't think of his name i knew the actor but i couldn't think of his name uh number you're number three my number three so field of dreams is number two so we can go three and then two you know number three for me is bingo long and the traveling all-stars mm, um, i knew i was forgetting something yeah just a really hate it. hate it when i do that perfect yeah. film uh, about uh I hate to see the word Negro Leaguers because that's what they were traveling yeah. around. Literally, that's what they did. Barnstorm. That's what it was called. It was called the Negro Leagues. So, yep. you know. And uh, just, fan, I mean, Ving Rames is just phenomenal. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but James <laughs> James Earl Jones, uh, Billy D. Williams. I mean, basically, if you have three names and you're in that film, you're fantastic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just so well there. done. And it's not uh, just um, it's not just comedy, comedy, comedy. There's some drama elements to it, dramatic yeah. elements to it, and it's it's just really well done. And really, because it has uh, features only African Americans, probably extremely underrated uh, yeah. compared to how it should be. Yeah, totally agreed. Totally agreed. 
Uh, Tom, my, Tom Hanks as the manager, though, is just phenomenal. Yeah, you know what? I have... Oh, no. I already might have mentioned him. I, I thought I'd skipped it somehow, but then I did mention it in my... Uh, you did. Honorable mentions. mentions. So don't worry yeah. about it. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So my number two, and again, if we did this next week, five of these films might not even be on the top ten list. <laughs> but um, it's just how it is. My number two is Hoosiers. Um, That's my number one. Well, yeah, I, I can see why, right? Uh, yeah. You talk about Hoosiers when we get to that. Uh, what's your number two? Number two was Field of Dreams. Okay. So uh, you're like one behind me. Yeah, I'm but, one behind. Okay. Uh, I mean, you were, as it turned out on our list, so we're still on the same number, but two was Field yeah. of Dreams and Hoosiers was number one for me. And uh, my number my number one is, well, you tell us about the Hoosiers and I'll tell, tell about my number one when we get to it. Well, Why Hoosiers is just number one. Hoosiers is tough to watch at times, isn't it? Um, just Such because Gene, Gene Hackman's yeah. character is is so so hard to like, and you end up well, like Gene Hackman's roles, a lot of them, because and yeah. you know off screen he seems extre- extremely likable, right? Yeah. I mean, he seems like right. a nice enough guy. But in this, and as the coach, he comes, you know, he's been fired, had some issues in the past, shows up to this high school. Um, they have this one fantastic player who's refusing to play because for several reasons. Um, but he ends up, you know, the, it's just the dynamic of everyone in that film, yes. how they play off of every other character. I mean, the scene where he goes in, they make the, the state championships and he has them measure the, yes, the measuring tape. The rim, and he's like, oh, well, hmm, strange. It's the same as our gym. And it's just like, it's so, so fantastic. But the the movie is made by um, helping with the guy's name. Uh Jack Nicholson's friend forever. Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper is just um, a shooter. Did he win? He didn't win the. Did no, win I don't think he was even nominated. It's uh, a shame. I mean, he's just phenomenal in that I film. I can't quite agree with you because I think the movie's made by everybody. But yeah, he's. Well, no, no. Uh, I mean, it's Hopper's it, amazing. Everybody's great, but yeah, he he puts it. Well, maybe not made. Maybe that's a bad choice of words. It just puts it over for me. I as far totally as agree on that. Totally agree on that. It's an amazing performance. It's, I think that's Hopper's best performance, and he's done amazing work. And Gene Hackman is like one of the best actors ever, and I think that's his best role. I mean, he is yeah. phenomenal in this. And, when and Hopper he, comes in and he says, yeah, Hackman, he's like, uh, he says, if is the middle word in life, and he keeps on talking. No, that's different. <laughs> <laughs> and I know we're talking about this too much, but, you know, the, the scene where, because he, he's such a control freak, Gene Hackman's coach. Uh, role as the coach and when he cedes control to the players that's when he know he believes in his players right and he's only a control freak and he doesn't mean it to be an asshole no even though that's how he comes across that's just all he knows exactly because he's a high school basketball coach how many high school basketball coaches aren't that kind of character not to the extent that he was but you know high school yeah. sports that you kind of have to be that because they need leadership. They need guidance. Um, and it's Indiana, and, and, small town, Indiana. And... Yeah. And we, we both know a coach who is not that character at all, but a lot of high school coaches coach are K. kind of that character. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm film that didn't make either of our lists at all. Remember the Titans that coach is that. Oh, good that's what I forgot. Damn it. Right. But I was, I I was just it, looking like, up. There's only all 20. The, I was just, well, <laughs> I was just looking up there remember the titans and who was in that film and i was just like I know, it's ridiculous, God. right yeah the cast um my number one is the natural and, and again 
my number one could have been any of the, even some of the, the uh, <clears throat> honorable mentions. But to me, typically I'll go with that as the my favorite baseball movie. It's just beautifully shot. You know, it's it's about the myth of baseball and redemption of this guy who who fell from grace because he was tempted. And it's much different from the book. The book is pretty dark, kind of grim. Uh, Roy Hobbs is not a particularly nice person in the book. But since it's Robert Redford, he's a nice person in the movie. <clears throat> and it's just it's a fable about baseball and it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it is. Like you said, it's shot beautifully. I mean, the way it's the texture of the of the visuals is just purposeful and, and just beautiful. It reminded me, I left off Cobb, which is, you know, yeah, another. I mean, there, there's so many oh, we should have a Rob Gordon's on. Hey, what we left off. <laughs> And I forgot about and, here, here and, are the 20 baseball movies we didn't mention. We could just do that because there are so true. many. I, and I don't know why it is, but based docu-series on far, Julio Rodriguez's hit streak. And... <laughs> far and away, baseball is by far the best subject, uh, sports subject for for film. I don't know. It's clear. And that's not because we're baseball fans, but it was like. How many great football movies are there? How many great hockey movies? It's like yeah. great, but there's a lot of great boxing films, but nothing yeah. like there for baseball. I don't know why it is, but I mean, there's but, just you know, it's been a long time since baseball. we saw a really great sports film like a this kind of film. We've seen documentaries that are really good, but hasn't it been a while? No, it's like Creed's been a few years though. But yeah, I mean, but I, that's been Creed's yeah, been even that. I mean, I'm talking like in the last few years, four years or whatever. Yeah. Surely yeah. there has been, but we're due. We're due. I don't know. It's just something. The late eight. I mean, the late eighties alone. It filled with dreams. Oh Bull Durham. Um, or, I mean, the eighties. Caddyshack. You had uh, the early eighties or late eighties. Ghost. Eighty-eight. Yeah, Hoosiers. Eighty-six. I mean, it was just like it was just endless. It seemed yeah. like the eighties was like that was the time. Yep. Unbelievable. And, you know what time it is? It's time for us to leave. But it is uh, hopefully yeah. people have, can find our stuff at twelfthmanrising.com. And Todd will have a hard-hitting uh, expose on the Jamal Adams trade on Monday uh, and compare it to the great trade of Nero back in Roman times, I think. Uh, I yes, believe I'm totally. correct about that. By the way, what um, were you drinking today? Uh, Caligula gave me – that's funny. I say Caligula, and there's a skull on this beer that I'm drinking. Um <laughs> and it's actually called Lost to History, oddly enough. Well, um, it's it's a Zool beer, which I hadn't had before, oh, but yeah, it's yeah. Lost to History uh, double IPA, which is, I mean, it's not like 12% or anything. It's well, like I'm, eight, mine, I think. Mine goes well with yours. It's Stranger Than Fiction from Collective Arts. It's a uh, porter. And it Collective has Arts, a, is that the Chaplin Brewery yeah, that he started? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That would be weird. It started in uh, 1921. Um, right. Yeah, it has this weird uh, tree earth beast on the cover because they, they like mm. having weird things. But it's uh, Collective Arts is in Hamilton, home of the Tiger Cats. Tiger so there you Cats. Go. That's right. Well, so yeah, it's, um, yeah both That's good beers today. I haven't had all mine, so I probably sound a little bit more. Uh, oh, I've had all that. Clear. Uh, Why are you the worst?
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.